Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Nerds, One Quest. I am your host, Norm, and joining me with all of the audio and computer problems. Are you ready, Jan? You ready, Jan? John, are you ready? <laughs> Mr. DMGC, John Dimmer, how you doing, buddy? Ah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, my internet went because I, I watched the frames dip on OBS. Also joining me today. <laughs> also joining me today in the Partridge fam or the Partridge family, Brady Bunch, right below me, Mr. Genius, Jeff Williams. How you doing, buddy? Everybody had technical issues today. Ah, below him. <laughs> below him on your screen, but not in our hearts, is Cooch. Mr. Ryan Kukta, how you doing? Oh, shit. Everybody's on mute. All right. Oh. Uh Norm. Hey, sort of. Oh, like I told you. Like I told Okay, so we have DMJC that way. Hi. Directly underneath me is Genius, Jeff Williams. Hi. And directly underneath him is Cooch, Ryan Kukta. Boomtown, get him. And directly all the way at the bottom is. The man on the totem pole. The low man on the totem yeah. pole is <laughs> the literal totem pole, Rick. How you doing, buddy? Hello. I'm doing good. I, I, I'm told I'm low mad on the totem pole, so I can't talk over anybody else. So that's why I'm on the bottom. Yeah, and this is this is all why I need to be sure I monitor audio when I do shit instead of just clicking buttons and doing things. It's it's been pressing one of those the, mornings. Pressing all the buttons is just fun. <sighs> pressing all the buttons. Press your buttons. If they don't work, press them harder. Or faster. And then if that doesn't work, yeah. you unplug it and plug it back in again. Although I can't do oh, that yes. with the stream going and with you guys. However, the first trick is finding that button now, which yeah. men aren't very good at. The first, the first rule of Two Nerds One Quest is you a talk about Two Nerds One Quest, but also b the second rule is you always have audio problems. <laughs> Actually, I would say audio problems is the the first rule of Two Nerds One Quest. Makes sense to me. Yeah, it does. So, we are here. We are doing character creation. And we're Yay. proud of it. <laughs> character creation session one. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we'll do a character creation session for the main campaign. But for our one shot, we will do some character creation here. Yep. We're going to do it live. Oh, boy. I doing it live. Doing it live. Um, Tommy went dark. I know. That's because I'm uh, hiding from the wife. No. Ah. That is <laughs> that is not accurate. Wizard cast light. <laughs> Something like that. No wizards, no casting light. When so I was telling Cooch before the stream started that all literally every single one of my audio sources got reset to default. <laughs> So that's why the stream started at literally like quarter after instead of early. 
and uh, that's why I, I say audio issues. Although there wasn't really audio issues when we started, uh, that was mainly me just not unmuting you guys. So that's operator. Yeah. Again, you got to be smarter than the equipment you're working with. <laughs> when when typing passwords and websites, capitalization is important, folks. <laughs> yeah, right. Apparently. So, uh, are we ready to create some characters? Sure. John, John, what are the constraints of which we are making these characters today? We are making these characters in the core rule book. Uh, the characters for the main campaign, I think we're actually going to switch up. Um, and because uh, Ryan's got a real kind of cool uh, heritage that he wants to use. And I like the idea of him using the heritage. And in fact, we may even just, if he's maintaining the same character, we may just flip that up when when the time comes but it may be just be the same character because there's a way for that to happen we'll, we'll just dm fiat the fact that you look like a human interesting yeah it's a possibility not game volvo it's not it is not outside the realms of a good story that he is already what he is but he just she i should say looks like a human right well now. i happen to have uh a character built already as a human, so we'll rock that. And uh, yep, we'll, and then we'll, we'll just figure out how that works today. Yeah, we'll flip that up for the main game when when we go full on. <laughs> All right. So the really kind of cool thing about Pathfinder, actually, it's kind of clever and it's neat, and uh, they have this thing called the ABCs of character creation, <laughs> which when someone said it the first time, ah, oh, that's really kind of neat. Um, the ABCs being your ancestry, your background, and your class. The one thing that I would suggest we know before going into this, and something that I suggest you do, um, during it, I noticed I created some characters on Wanderer's Guide. Uh, just take a notepad and jot down where you're putting your bonuses so you know what your, um, ability scores are. Because there isn't a real good place to see that as you're creating the character. <laughs> um, so, typically when you start... Oh, the other thing I would say is, um, if you have your class in mind, figure out what your primary stat is for your class. It is listed on the page. The first page of your class, it will be called, if I can find it, classes your key ability so rick you're making out alchemist mm -hmm. yep and i'm sure you know this already your key ability is intelligence that's um, important that is important knowing Smart. that before you start choosing all your other stuff like is helpful and uh one key thing with your ability scores is you can't go above 18 in character creation that is the one limitation they kind of really set out on things so i already kind of blew the surprise with rick that he's going to be an alchemist um what is everyone else going to be we'll roll it well let's just roll around the table for our high concept thoughts we'll start with cooch because he's rubbing his all hands. right uh i, I am we really interested with a <laughs> i yeah well doing this i'm backwards. i'm uh I'm interested in designing a cleric build today. So um, some sort of spellcaster, 
uh, focused on healing and, um, you know, possibly looking at some ranged activity, see where the build takes me. Nice. Ranged activities. <laughs> I like that. Uh, we'll go to Jeff now because I'm going uh, clockwise on my screen. <laughs> well, the alchemist has got the range. We just heard range from Cooch, so I'm going to go barbarian and uh, get in some melee. Sounds, uh, sounds familiar. As <laughs> Jeff yeah. played a barbarian in my 5e campaign, my homebrew campaign. And we know Rick is doing the alchemist. Um, and then Norm, what, what did you finally decide on? I am going to be a fighter. A fighter. Excellent. I am going to be a fighter. And I will go into a little story on that uh, later. Fists and fisticuffs. Yep. When we hey, actually cool. talk about our characters, I have a little little story, a little backstory. So does everyone know their primary ability then? No. Or their key key ability score for fighter, I believe. Strength. Strength. You're good. It can, you can, it can be dexterity. It can yeah. be dexterity. Maybe you want to um, be an archer. Uh, Your mom's yeah. an archer. I don't recommend you being an archer because <laughs> I'm not going to ask the logistics of that, but uh, <laughs> um, seeing as how everybody else is uh, kind of range. Well, no, Jeff's, Jeff's melee, but two range, two melee would be good. So if you wanted to be strength would be your thing. If you're doing sword and board or big hammerish things. So uh, let's see. I am going to. Let's go to characters. I'm going to actually pull up the character creator in Wanderer's Guide myself. Yep. I am Thank sharing mine on on uh, on the show so everybody can see what I'm doing. All right. Cool. Awesome. So the first thing we get on Wanderer's Guide is a big list of all the um, options and whatnot things we can use. Uh, for this, we'll turn off the Advanced Player's Guide and the Game Mastery Guide, and we're just going to use the Core Rulebook. Um leave on in the options leave on auto detect prerequisites and class archetypes leave that stuff on um everything else on the, i toggle on down in options dice integration i'm not sure exactly oh. what it does but i like using the automated dice yeah I'm, I'm gonna throw that on in this one as well uh if you want it publicly visible you can hit publicly visible um where'd you see the automatic oh, dice oh dice integration Ooh. Dice integration at the bottom of the options. It's like the very last option. Um, Publicly visible would be very helpful for me for uh, maintaining the game state in between sessions. Anyone can yeah, view the character using the sheet URL. So that we toggle that on and the sheet URLs to jump. Yep. And then what I'm going to do with these URLs then is I'll put them in our show notes so everybody can click and see what our characters are like. Oh, that would be fun. That's actually cool. All right. So, the first thing you'll notice, while here at the top, there's a campaign code. So you could throw your campaign code in there that I sent you earlier if you wanted to. Um, I will not. Eventually you'll want to. Well, yeah, not on stream though. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that is fair. You're live, yeah. Absolutely fair, absolutely <laughs> fair. Um, okay, so we're gonna build by ABC. First things first, if you want to name your character, it's right there. I have unnamed character. So what I am going to do, I'm going to have some fun here. And I am going to create Eliana Temerant. 
level one cleric. Uh, you'll notice in your ability scores, everything is set to 10 because that's where everything starts. Oh, I thought it turned have. it up to 11. Yep. Unfortunately, you'll get the turn it up. <laughs> you'll get the opportunity to turn it to 11, Norm. All right, and then you can either click on the A above, or you can click on the arrow on the right-hand side. We'll take you to the next step in your character's creation. Which, for all of us, will be our ancestries. What are we? What were we born as? Uh, in the ancestry box, where it says none, you can click on that, and Elian was a human. So I'm confirming that. All right. So what's everybody's uh, what's everybody's ancestry yeah. going to be? I'll jump off because oh. I am talking. <laughs> so I'm going to click on human because John alerted me to the fact that all subclass or not subclasses, but all all like half. You know, when you click on something, yeah, the, you're the, half, have the half halves. elf, the half elf, the half orc are heritages of a human yep. so i pick so i confirm ancestry is human yep then you are given the um now I the choose choice my heritage your heritage my heritage is can be half elf human half orc human skilled human or versatile human i am going to be a half orc human nice i perfect? as a human eliana i'm gonna take skilled human yeah yeah she is <laughs> hey that allows me to choose a skill with her, which will be um, medicine. I mean, she might get that medicine? automatically. Yeah, medicine. Sure. Yeah. And then the other... Oh, I, I get that automatically from her class, don't I? You, you might. I might, but... If you do, it will, you'll just be able to take something else. Yep, yeah. it'll allow me to take something else before. So I'm going to take medicine and hopefully force that to happen. Then, uh, well, here, let's get everyone else going. Eliana the cleric uh, medicine woman? No. Yes. <laughs> Eliana you, medicine. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's also a pull-down menu to, uh, for initial stats above the heritage that you choose um, You choose your boost. Mm -hmm. And below mine is ancestry feet, so I can choose an ancestry feet. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, yeah, there's that too. So I already know what my ancestry feed is because I kind of dorked around with this and I'm going to choose like all of these when you click on them, it gives you a little pop up. So, you know, uh, howdy, obstinacy. I can't say those words. Your powerful ego makes it harder for others to order you around if you roll a success on a saving throw. So you have all these different things. I'm going with uh, orc ferocity. Fierceness and battle runs through your blood. And you refuse to fall from your injuries. You avoid being knocked out and remain at one hit point, and your wounded condition increases by one. Mm -mm. Well, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Here, you, you are not dying one. You're just wounded one with one hit point. Mm hmm. Which means you become wounded two with one hit point, which means you become wounded three with one hit point. Mm hmm. How many times does that. How many times can I use I it? Yeah, I was gonna say, how many times can you use that per long rest? Uh, it, per, per rest, I should say, not long rest. Per once per rest. day. Once per day. Once per day. Okay. Okay. Cool. I was gonna say, doesn't that make you impossible to kill? <laughs> but no, once per day. Um, as part of the 
human ancestry, I get my two boosts and a language, which shows up in that as well in the initial stats. Uh, Jeff, what are you? Tom, did you pick strength under your uh, initial stats then? No, I'm just kind of slow rolling this, so I'm I'm listening to you guys talking. Okay, Uh, let's get your if above heritage. There's another pull down. Yep, I was gonna do strength, and I was gonna do. I was debating between intelligence or charisma. Um, Jeff. Oh yeah, you get stuff at any time. People can see him doing it. So as I'm talking to you guys, he can do it. And got it. So let's not spend a a lot of Tom. We're just going to hear what his decision (laughs) is and whether he's actually doing it or not will happen when other people have it. So what do you got rolling for? All right. Well, I wanted to go with something kind of off, and since Goblin is not in the uh, 5e basic rules. I wanted to go with Goblin in the Pathfinder fa- basic rules. So I went with Goblin. Um, and with uh, wanting to be a um, barbarian, I chose strength for the for the boost, the free boost. Yep. Um, heritage. I uh, kind of looked at those. And uh, while all of them are pretty cool, uh, I... Um, thought maybe unbreakable would be fun but in the end i read about the iron gut goblin and he can basically subsist on anything garbage trash uh moldy food and basically uh, he gets bonuses to saving throws against affliction and sickened condition so pretty much can eat anything you're essentially uh, that big ass rat and ratatouille uh that's <laughs> yep yep that's it so um, looking at the uh, ancestry feats, uh, there's one that pairs well with the uh, Iron Gut Goblin is the City Scavenger. So I can search, I can I gain bonuses to subsist, and uh, the bonus is even better because I have the Iron Gut Goblin heritage. Nice. So I make stuff out of trash and eat stuff out of the trash. You gross. Yep, he's essentially, I, I said you walked away, Norm. He's essentially the fat rat in Ratatouille. Oh, nice. <laughs> Except he's a barbarian. Um, I'm going to transition to Rick here because there there has been some discussion about Rick and Jeff's characters for this and their relationship. <laughs> uh, what yeah. do you got going, Rick, for this one? Uh, I also chose Goblin. Uh, I like the chaotic nature of having a uh, alchemist that's a little unhinged, uh, so seemed to fit. And as we had talked about, my key stat is intelligence, so I think I chose that. I get four languages, but we won't go through all those. I just picked some random ones. Don't know we'll encounter many languages in the starter campaign. Um, as a heritage. I went with the uh, Charhide Goblin, which seemed to make sense for my little guy who plays with bombs, that he would be a, a little, uh, his his uh, skin would be a little resistant to maybe uh, fire after <laughs> failed attempts at learning how to become a uh, good alchemist. Yeah. May not have been so good to start. Uh, so being a Charhide Goblin, it gives you fire resistance to uh, half your level, minimum one. So at first level, you got a fire resistance of one. And um, you also recover from being on fire more easily. Um, so if you have persistent fire damage, you only have to beat a 10 to get rid of it as opposed to a 15 for usual. Um, so all good things for, for fire. And then as far as my an- an- ancestry feat, um, seemed 
Take your arm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and for the ancestry feat, uh, keeping that chain of thought through my whole character, I went with the burn it ancestry feat, which um, it's a plus one status bonus to any persistent fire damage that my character would deal. Excellent. Also get uh, gain a status bonus equal to half spells almost from one quarter. Yeah. So, and so he actually gets a plus one to any fire damage and a, and plus one to persistence. So, when he throws a bomb, he actually does direct damage, he does flash damage, and he does persistent damage. Um, two of those will have plus one bonuses from the burned feet. That sounds cool. fun. Not for probably my character, who's probably going to be in the way, but yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least. One Ryan Kukda. It's hard not to say Crixus there. I'm really, uh, I'm really trying to keep it a little straight and narrow because it's mostly about the mythos and the lore for me on this one. So, um, maintaining an ancestry of human, uh, skilled human heritage. Um, she's a unique individual, and uh, just going with some feats here um general training to get some more points and uh toughness because uh ac is gonna be low on my cleric so just uh making it so those heal spells can actually heal uh quite a bit and make sure i stay alive to heal everyone that is a good thing um for Eliana, for her ancestry feat, I chose cooperative nature. Because <laughs> that just seems like her short human lifespan lens perspective as taught to you from a young age to set aside differences and work with others to achieve greatness. You gain a plus four circumstance bonus on checks to aid. So. Which is, uh... Nice. We'll get into that. It's kind of it's interesting. Where you, when you aid someone, it's not like giving advantage it's you actually have to make a roll to aid someone and then depending on how your roll turns out determines how well you aid them so there's all kinds of hijinks that can happen there all right with everyone having their (laughs) ancestry and heritage filled out we can go to b which is our backgrounds and this is where i told ryan if he was going to read anything this week read up on the backgrounds because there are a lot of these and I am just going to write off the top because she is everyone's favorite barkeep. Let everyone know that Eliana is going to be a barkeep. Nice. <laughs> so as a barkeep, she gets uh, uh, two boosts and she becomes trained in diplomacy. So um, one must be to constitution of charisma and the other one is a free ability boost. And because I took charisma with a thing earlier, I'm taking constitution with this one. Uh, we'll go back over to Jeff. We'll just keep going in a circle here. Yeah, no, this is good. I'm so I initially thought uh, barkeep would be kind of fun, you know, just something to to have. But then thought my character definitely would not have very good social skills based on what I envisioned for my character. And when I was looking at the equipment, I saw an item that I thought I would want as my primary weapon. So I decided to make a minor change. Uh, literally, I chose minor. Oh, so. <laughs> Um, see what you did there you earned a living wrenching precious min- minerals from the lightless depths of the earth 
and so on. Uh, if you have, uh, if you have a, if you have to head back underground this time, you plan to do so armed with a real weapon instead of a miner's pick. Uh, so I'll probably be choosing a great pick for the for a weapon. Um, my two ability boosts: one must be strength or wisdom against strength for the barbarian, and constitution for the devouring of fun things. Um, trained in survival and mining lore, and I gain the terrain expertise skill with the underground terrain. So, I mm. have terrain expertise for underground. That will be helpful. At least in um, this beginning adventure, for sure. <clears throat> so, a little bit of uh, backstory on the background. I figure that he was part of a goblin settlement that was mining for shiny, precious things. He never got to keep them. Uh, while he was in the mine, something came along, probably dwarfs, and... Uh, decimated the rest of the people by the time he came out there was nobody around so then he started wandering um looking for people and work or other goblins so something along those lines awesome cool um let's move that background then oh i, I need to say this because i just noticed it <laughs> all your stats and crap are on the left hand side you don't need a notepad mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm just blind that's all Mm -hmm. uh, I think if you're on your, if you're on a smaller device, it might not have shown up. Oh well, no, I was I was doing it. I was doing it on my laptop, so I should have seen it. <laughs> Even now, I have half of my monitor with us, so it's yeah. But you yeah, have glasses, right? A, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Maybe I should get my prescription checked. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Rick, you you got a background for your goblin alchemist here? Yep. Uh... For his background, I went with a tinker. Seemed to fit that he would like to play around with little things. Um, and with Jeff's backstory there, uh, being a miner, you know, and if, since our goblins are going to be connected, uh, I assume my goblin may have been the demolitions expert working with the mining company that Jeff's goblin was working for. He was the muscle, I was the bombs. Nice. Um, so as, as a tinker, you get two ability boosts. One must be strength or strength or dexterity, and or sorry, dexterity or intelligence must be dexterity or intelligence, and one free boost. Um, I actually use both of those. I made the first one intelligence and the second one dexterity, uh, both to help my AC and also because throwing bombs is a ranged attack that requires dexterity. Um, so and you also get trained in the crafting skill, which uh, I they they specify what type of crafting you get specialized in so i picked alchemy for that and that one um skill to pick to get trained in and i picked stealth for that uh i'm not sure i might i might change that up before the game starts we'll see you know it'd be really funny rick a is... bombing goblin is not very quiet no 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 but he uh, might be quiet to get to where he places the bombs it's true it would probably be really funny if you had a super low dexterity so you would have somebody that really like like somebody that really liked to play baseball but like couldn't throw the ball. <laughs> I'm just thinking I'm just thinking that's why he's why he's so resistant to fires because he's got a low dexterity, he never got out of the way of any of yeah. his bombs. They just went off. <laughs> he's used to it at this point. Like the kids that throw the ball forward oh, but they don't let go until their hand is down, so it just bounces on the ground in front of them. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um Junk point, style. Uh, Point to make here. Uh, wearing armor, the armors have a strength score associated with them. They have penalties. Um, 
for both checks and um, speed. And if your strength equals the strength score of the armor, you get to ignore those penalties. It's just something to think about. Um, those uh, light armor are like 10 and 12 is the strength scores. Medium armor is 14 and 16. And uh, heavy armors are 16 and 18 for strength scores to ignore those penalties. So it's just something to think about as we get into armor. And this is why we're doing a beginner adventure and characters that may not be the ones you're going all the way with. So we learned some of these things. But it was something I realized <clears throat> after I created Eliana. I was giving her some armor. I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> Probably should have built her slightly differently. <laughs> Give, given her at least a 14 strength so she could wear some... What? What? Are, I was looking at the D&D Beyond character and trying to make him align, and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work at this level. I'm Norman. <clears throat> Do you yes. have a background for your fighter? My fighter is going to be, shockingly enough, <laughs> a gladiator. Ooh. Yeah. The bloody this games of the arena taught you the art of combat. Before you attained true fame, you departed or escaped the arena to explore the world. Your skill at drawing both blood and a crowd's attention pay off in a new adventuring life. And I get two ability boosts. <coughs> one must be strength or charisma, and the other one is a free ability boost, and I am trained in the performance skill and gladiatorial lore skill. And I gain the impressive performance skill feed. I have a question for both Jeff and Rick. Hmm. Because I think the goblin has one. Um, did you have a flaw? Goblins have flaws in charisma, I believe. It's wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah. Is it wisdom? It's wisdom. wisdom ah, okay. So that is that is something that um if you have a flaw, it's a minus two to your ability yep. score in that. Yeah. That. I make sure that that was happening and that we mentioned it because I was going to ask if I can if I can uh, make it so that it hits my intelligence instead of wisdom because of my character build <laughs> and I can make it do that but it's a DM question of because I would have to go back to the basic tens that I start with and switch wisdom to twelve and intelligence to eight so All that right. the flaw then basically cancels out that wisdom bonus. It's up to you. It does. I mean, again, eight or ten isn't really going to make that much of a difference in the final yeah. build. But uh, let, let's play it straight for this. But uh, like, if good. this was going to be a long campaign, if you're going to use this character through the majority of the campaign, I'd say yeah. Sure, yeah. We'll find if a I was going to use him longer, I would vol I would lobby for making it a six. So. <laughs> what I love about you, Jeff, <laughs> you you embrace the suck as much as you do the success, <laughs> which is great. Hmm. He's got uh, last suck. but not that's a show title. Oh, and also, <clears throat> just a side note: I'm choosing strength and constitution for my for my skill or for my statistics. Uh, constitution yeah. because as a gladiator, you must have a strong constitution when fighting. <clears throat> At least that's what having I think. A high con having a high constitution helps no matter what. Yeah. It's hit points. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. uh, last but not least, of course, is one Ryan Kukda. Alright, so the background of my character, um, she is, think of, um, think of she aligns with more of like a uh, profit group. Um, and so uh, Fortune Teller was a really good alignment 
with the lore that I was going with. So um, in that one, it's uh, charisma or intelligence. Charisma as a cleric, I read, gives me uh, additional healing spells at the end of the at the end of my build. So um, I'm trying to boost up my charisma. And then wisdom is an important score for me as a cleric as well. So I'm boosting up wisdom on this one as well. So. Excellent. That covers all our background. So last but not least is C, which is our class. Pure class. Or lack thereof. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go <laughs> the other way. I'm going to go counterclockwise and catch Ryan off guard here. What class did you take? <laughs> All right. Well, I am a cleric. Um, that was uh, clear from the onset. So um, as I kind of looked at what was important for my cleric, um, just uh, picking some skills. Um, uh, my charisma is pretty high um, because of the additional abilities. So I wanted to be skillful in performance, um, skillful in arcana because my um, my character has a little bit of the occult, things like that going on, so a little bit of the mystical magics. Well, uh, yeah. Ryan, I got a question for you, and I don't know if you noticed it. There is a skill called occultism. Did you want to I, do occultism or arcana? <laughs> I have that. Oh, okay. Because of my fortune teller background, I automatically am skilled at the occult. So. Perfect, yeah. Um, that, but but yeah, and then... Uh, and then athletics, because um, that'll tie into something uh, related to my deity, which um, I'm also uh, interested in how that, that all integrates here. So, um, and then uh, uh, going down into some additional ability boosts, uh, really focused on charisma and... Uh, um, wanted to add something across the board because I really did want my character to be pretty well-rounded. So um, added constitution and dexterity to kind of get some additional hit points and some uh, uh, help to my AC, which is very low. Um, and then uh, added some intelligence just to round these things out so that my character seems to be uh, kind of... Uh, able to handle just about anything um then as a cleric uh uh added some um additional activity here um on the divine font front um this is what allows me to do additional healing spells based on my charisma um and so by picking the healing font i basically get four free heal spells that i get to use um each day so um i have uh picked that that i'm going to be a healing cleric and not a harming cleric um clerics have a lot of decisions to make i can either be basically a, a cleric of a war priest or um a cloistered cleric which is more focused on um the spell aspect of it so i'm a cloistered cleric maximizing my heal spells um yep and then last but no not least there's a domain here um that i got to pick 
Uh, basically, it's almost like an attunement to some unique feature of my character. Um, it fits really well into the lore, so once I got to my domain, I went back and updated the lore of my character. So um, she is she has some additional ability based on her moon affiliation, and um, that gives her a, a focus spell called Moonbeam, which is basically the most powerful damage spell that my character is going to have that she can use once daily. So, so your character's a hippie? Every, every Moonbeam? Focus. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so that's mine. Uh, the, um, uh, interesting thing. Did you happen to look at any of the gods, Ryan? I did. Uh, I, I, I meticulously poured through the gods more so than any other aspect (laughs) of the character building. Oh, cool. The, The world of Pathfinder to me is is uh most vivid as you look through the gods and try to identify what the positives negatives pros and cons featured weapons things like that they're all things that uh, i spent a lot of time looking at so excellent what did you land on or do you i landed (laughs) I, i landed on which is is uh tied to the lore of my character is calistria the savored sting uh, basically, think of this god as like the god of revenge, um, and uh, really focused on kind of like uh, I don't I don't want to use a, a terrible term here, but really almost the god of like sex workers of of someone who intimidates and deceives in order to to get vengeance and things like that not necessarily evil but definitely focused on revenge and things like that so the lore of my character is kind of tied to that type of mindset um and uh really uh, worked well the favored weapon is a whip i think that's a cool weapon even though it's not very powerful it's very interesting and the ways that you use it the divine skill is deception which is really tied to kind of the kind of character that I wanted to make. So, um, it's, uh, really, um, uh, kind of intertwined in everything that I'm doing there. So, yep. That is very, very cool. Um, and the gods in Pathfinder are absolutely kind of fantastic. And for this iteration of Eliana, um, I chose Caden Kalian. Who is who is the drunken hero? Is his name, and uh, there's an interesting uh, story about him that my my first character in Pathfinder Oney <laughs> that was his god. So a little bit of a um, history from my past on this. Um, then we go to Tom Norman. What did you take for a class? Obviously, the fighter. Yep. Wanna... Well, <clears throat> first of all, I'm going to say that I just discovered that uh, listening to Cooch talk about all of his lore and characters and his spells and Pathfinder in general has turned into my ASMR. I could listen to that all day. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope I hope that doesn't make it weird next time I see you in person. <laughs> 
Uh, I am going to be a fighter. So a fighter gladiator. My basic backstory is that I was kidnapped, turned into, you know, the gladiator pits, became renowned, and then used that to escape. But now that I have escaped, I really miss competition. So everything I do gets competition added into it. It, it doesn't matter if it's going to the bathroom or or walking to the bar or like going to the bar turns into a big chugging contest, even if it's one-sided. So, yeah, it's it's kind of the, oh, I can beat them. And then it's kind of a competition against, like, the, like people don't know I'm in competition with them. So oftentimes I'll get weird looks. Like if I just start power walking really fast to catch up and, and move past somebody. So that's kind of nice. my, my motivation for my character. Um, I did not do quite as big of a deep dive into this as, as Cooch did. So I'm going to be you know, pretty cut and dry. Um, ability boost. Uh, I get an attack of opportunity, which I really like by choosing the fighter. Like that feat is given to me. Nice. Yep. Uh, I gain a fighter class feat and I gain the shield block uh, general feat. It's a reaction that lets me reduce damage with my shield. Uh, so that is also something that I have thought about is I will be doing a sword and board. However, it'll be a mason board. Okay. Mace and board, not mason board. <laughs> he just got a brick in one hand. <laughs> a brick and a two. He's got a brick and like a piece of plywood. <laughs> it's a mason board. <laughs> nice. He's got his uh, mud on that board on the outside of it so he can lay the bricks. <laughs> it's a mason board. <laughs> yeah. Um, class feats. Uh, I was going to do... Uh, Let's see. We have a couple different ones. Double slice, exacting strike, point blank shot, power attack, uh, reactive shield, snagging strike, uh, sudden charge. And really the one I'm looking at, I believe, was the... I'm going to select this here. Uh, let's see. Choose a key ability, strength. Choose a skill, athletics. Uh, I was going to do... Where is it? Fighter feet, class feet. Okay. So reactive shield, uh, you can snap your shield into place just as you would take a blow, avoiding the hit at the last second. You immediately use the raise a shield action and gain your shield's bonus to AC. Uh, the circumstance bonus from the shield applies to your AC when you were determining the outcome of the triggering attack. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I if I'm going to be carrying a shield, I like the idea of being able to fling that thing up. I did think about... Oh, Exacting strike. <clears throat> you make a controlled attack, fully accounting for your momentum. Make a strike. The strike gains the following failure effect. <clears throat> Excuse me. The attack does not count towards your multiple attack penalty. I kind of liked that. Having no penalty against uh, multiple attacks. But ultimately, for my character, having a shield, the, the reactive shield um, just really makes sense. So I gain shield block and reactive shield. Um, ability boost. You know, I don't know if being competitive is charisma, 
but he's going to be really charismatic doing it. <laughs> <laughs> he can always talk someone into, into a friendly competition. Yep. Yep. So, nice. you know, at the bar or whether it's whatever, it's it's going to be that whole, I'll bet you I can do this faster than you. I'll bet you. But he's going to do it in a way that is like enticing to people to actually participate. Um, nice. Skills. I'm kind of going more towards the uh, like intimidation. Uh, survival. And there's another one, and I don't remember. Not stealth. I think I was looking more towards um, either deception or acrobatics. Like deception, more along the lines of um, like fainting, like, you know, when you think you're going to strike one way and then you strike a different, you know, kind of that deceptive fighting. Um, although I'm not sure how well that's going to work. Faint is deception in metal, uh, mental, uh, the faint action requires training and deception. Just so you're aware. Wait, um, what, what, say that again. The faint action requires training at least being trained in deception. Oh, I didn't know there was a faint thing. So yeah, deception oh, it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at all the actions right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind so of So you cool. made a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my character in a nutshell. <clears throat> cool. In a nutshell. A very, How did I get a very this big nut? nut. <laughs> what um, kind of nut has a shell this big? A yeah. walnut. Boo. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that gets booed. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, Nailed it. Yeah, any questions about what I am doing or no, my sense. stuff? Makes sense. Let's move us to our favorite goblin alchemist. All right. Uh, so... Um, starting out your initial stats for class as an alchemist. Um, I get a bunch of skills because skills are based on, uh, you get the number of skills you get is based on intelligence. So being a character with high intelligence, you get a whole bunch of skills. Um, basically chose the, the, uh, more of the knowledge skills, uh, occultism, society, uh, arcana, uh, also chose medicine, figured that he, have learned to at least moderately patch himself up at times. Um, and then going with the chaotic nature of a, a goblin, I took thievery and deception as well. And then I took acrobatics. He's got a high dexterity. And usually it's good to have either athletics or acrobatics, one of the two. Their checks that come up pretty often, so give him acrobatics for that. Cool. One second here. Something just went buggy with my TV screen, so. Uh-oh. I'm getting it back. At least I'm trying to. Quick question, and then and now I'm second-guessing myself. Is the mace the one with the chain and the ball at the end, or is that a flail? That's a flail. Mace is the... It's a stick with a big ball at Okay, the flail. Flail is what I'm choosing, not mace. Flail? Flail. Okay. Flail. Okay. I am a flailer. So you're going to have ranged attack. 
I don't know. His foot. Foil, foil, his foil foils range. give you range. Do they? No. Oh. Reach. They give you reach. reach. Not ranged. Reach. Not reach. So yeah, reach. Uh, let's see. Okay, so mm, sorry about that. Technical nope. difficulties on my end. How dare you? you find we knew it was going to happen. <clears throat> yeah, gonna happen. All right. This won't be the skills. last time either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the skills. Ability abuse. Obviously intelligence to keep the intelligence high. Dexterity again uh, for throwing and armor. Constitution because a few extra hit points don't hurt. And uh, wisdom to offset that negative that goblins start with. Um, helps that saving throw a little bit, even though it'll never be really good. Um, as an alchemist, I get an alchemist feat. Uh, several to choose from, but I mean, if if you're going to be a bomber, then the, the the one you really have to take is quick bomber to start. Uh, what quick bomber does is it allows you to both interact with your bomb and throw it as one action. Usually, those would be two separate actions to pull a bomb and to throw it. So, quick bomber gives you the ability to attack with bombs as one action as opposed to two. Saw so that as pretty much a necessity. The other ones that you can have at early levels, you can have an alchemical familiar. Uh, far lobber extends the range of your attacks. And then um, alchemical savant is more about... Um, can do concentrate or manipulate as a single action, but uh, none of those were, were as useful as being a quick bomber. Um, as, as an alchemist, you get um, you get a skill. You get alchemy as a skill, um, and what that what it does for the alchemist is every day you get what's called infused reagents, and you get a number of infused reagents equal to your intelligence modifier plus your level. So at level one, I will get five per day. Uh, with those reagents, you can craft then items that are in your book, within your alchemy book. And each reagent crafts two items, a batch of two. You can't make two separate items with one, but you get a batch of two. Uh, unless they are your specialty item that you identify, and that makes three. So using the five that I get at the start of the day, I can create basically 10 to um, 12 items that I can use, 10 to 12 alchemical items that I will use. That includes the bombs that I want to throw, uh, there are poisons, there are uh, potions, there are elixirs, and there are just uh, miscellaneous items that can be useful. Um, so there are a lot of different, there's a, there's a lot of items that can be crafted. Um, and you're limited to the number that you know as to what you have in your book, and that's specified by how much intelligence you have. Um, so you get, to, and all that's our choices that we make. But these reagents that you get at the beginning of the day are what allow you to craft that stuff. Uh, they put a limit on this though that whenever you get these reagents that you make are only good for 24 hours. So once you've made them and you've crafted the bombs, if you haven't used them in that adventuring day, they become inert and don't work anymore. So you can't stockpile from day to day. Basically, you have to use them within 24 hours, or they're no good. They're essentially the alchemist's spells. They're like more or less, thoughts, kind of, kind of. But it's uh, a different way of getting them. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. flavorful. You, I, you do get the quick alchemy ability, and what quick alchemy does is that if you have an infused reagent that you haven't already crafted into something, you can take an action and craft. I could craft a bomb. 
and with using an action in combat. The drawback is is that where normally I would make a batch of two, I only get one. So or you're you have the benefit of pre-planning. You get more items if you make them ahead of time. But if you go into combat and you need to whip up something quick because you don't have something for that particular resistance, you can still cover it. It's just you're only going to get half. That and the quick the quick creation, doesn't that also um, expire after a round as opposed to a day? I it's potent only until the start of your next turn. Yep, so you have yep. to craft it and use it. Yep, so you can't craft it and hold it in your hand and wait till the next turn to use it. You got to craft it and throw it. So, so like basically it is actions. taking Mentos and throwing it into a Pepsi bottle, shaking it up and chucking it at somebody. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's essentially what he does. He, he has reagents that are Pepsi bottle, Mentos. <laughs> All right, John, I'm going to go back and recreate my character. My yeah. character is now a Pepsi bomber. <laughs> that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Because I could ride it like a rocket, too. That's yeah, I mean, really if you're a small cool. creature, get on that bottle and turn it full. <laughs> Here, I'll get across the gap. Give me a rope. All right, only if your character wears a cowboy hat. But like a really <laughs> small one. Sounds awesome. Nice. So, yeah, quick uh, quick alchemy is, is the way to, to be able to use the toolbox at your disposal at a cost. If you don't plan and, ahead for the day. And I imagine there are two very different types of alchemists. Actually, probably three. One that plans all his shit out, knows what he wants, he's calculated, he's cool, he's calm. One that kind of does, well, I will probably need some of these, so I'm going to make some of these. But I'm going to leave some of these open for, you know, just in case. And, and then you, you got it. what I imagine is Rick's. And like, okay, so for me in my head... <laughs> I imagine Rick as a player being the one that plans them all out in the day and has the maximum effect and maximum readiness to this, but his character seems like the one that wouldn't plan any of them. <laughs> Either that or they, he would do it all and they'd all just be bombs. <laughs> Everything about this oh, yeah. character screams junk rat to me. Everything about him. Oh, yeah. Junk rat. Yeah. So, exactly. When you travel um, with a cleric, you don't need to save many for uh, potions. I'm going to take one step backwards to Tom, because Tom, you said you mentioned wanting the flail. Um, the flail doesn't actually give you a further reach. Uh, the weapon traits for the flail are disarm, sweep, and trip. Nice. Which allows you to use your flail with uh, athletics checks and stuff to uh, gives you a bonus. The sweep is if you are attacking a second time and it's a different target than the first one, you get a plus one circumstance bonus to hit the second one. Nice. Because it's like a sweeping motion. That's and then, cool. yeah, you can trip, you can trip with wow. it and um, disarm with it as well. But if you fail, you usually end up dropping your weapon, it looks like. Oh, and fun. taking any other associated penalties with failing a trip. Um, <laughs> also, going back just for a second, I remember the other reason why I was choosing uh, Deception. That is because I chose Goblin as a language but I don't want anybody else to know I know that language. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Fun. You're probably surrounded by them in your arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Is there anything else on your class? Yep. Uh, things. Okay. Um, I said I get, I get a uh, book, an alchemy book to put formulas in and the number of formulas are specified through intelligence. And in so, um, 
my bomber will know how to make alchemist fire, which is you know basically your fire bomb, an acid flask, and a bottled lightning. So three different types of, of bombs to deal with different resistances. Uh, I do have the lightning. <laughs> bottled lightning. Yep. It's, uh, <laughs> and each 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 flask each type of bomb. They d design them to do different things. Like Alchemist Fire is basically your basic damage dealing bomb. It's going to do the most direct damage. Acid Flask does very little damage up front, but then tacks on persistent damage that ticks every round, so that's your damage over time. And then Bottled Lightning, I think, I'd have to look again, I think that makes him flat-footed uh, for mm. a round if that connects. Yep. Um, he can make Elixirs of Life, which may not be as important with the Cleric, but it seemed useful. Uh, has two mutagens, quick silver mutagen and silver tongue. Uh, mutagens are basically potions you can take. They give you a benefit and they give you a drawback. So they, they have a plus and a minus to, to each one. The main one there is quick silver. I think that gives me a benefit to um, ranged attacks. Cool. I can't remember what the cost is though. And then he knows uh, giant cetapine venom, which also would be uh, useful for coating weapons. Um, our barbarian may may find he may have a venom encoded weapon. Nice. And for tools, he has a smoke stick, which is just a stick you throw and it creates a five foot smoky area. Who might be a fun use for that? We'll see. Well, that's uh, that'll get into the vision rules because the vision rules are very uh, specific. So yeah. So yep, uh, that's that's about it for the alchemist bomber. A lot of stuff with them to to play around with nice and last but not least the legend the limerick maker the lore master the what was the other l we gave you i don't remember lazy uh, dragon lazy dragon yeah there there was one recently we came across that i couldn't remember what it was but anyways <laughs> jeff what do you got for your uh <laughs> jeff <laughs> what do you have for your character uh, after after hearing rick uh spell out all the alchemists stuff uh that was one of the classes i thought was interesting when we first started looking at this um but uh it did get to the point where it's like i don't know that i want that to be my first character because it sounds really complicated so i'm glad rick is uh, up for that challenge because i'd like to see it in action uh, i went with barbarian kind of the other end of that spectrum uh there is not much to uh barbarian my intelligence is low uh or low-ish it's a 10 so i didn't have to make as many choices um, as a Barbarian, key ability is Strength. Um, everything basically focused on Strength, uh, Con, Dex, and um, I basically didn't put any bonuses into Intelligence or Wisdom. My ability boosts I, I added for Charisma, um, for I think Intimidation is uh, based on that. My, my uh, three skills I chose, uh, Intimidation, Acrobatics, and Crafting. Figure that if I'm digging through the trash as it is, I'm going to find things and I'm going to want to make things. Um, I think I did also see if you're trained in crafting, you can repair weapons and shields. So I thought that might be kind of a thing he would have been doing in the mines, would have been repairing the stuff that he was using. Uh, that's about as intelligent as he gets, I think. Um, as for barbarian feats then, there were, I think there's five to choose from. Um, I went with uh, sudden charge. I thought that would be fun. Uh, with a quick sprint, you can dash up to your foe and swing. Um, so you get to, for for the cost of two actions, you get to stride twice and make a strike. So that felt like 
uh, getting a three for, three for the cost of two, um, yeah. especially when he wants to be up in melee with something. This gives him the ability to get there and make an attack without spending all of his actions. Um, so I went with Sudden Charge for that one. Um, and then a Barbarian gets an Instinct, and uh, this is where I'm making the character twice, just to make sure I got what I wanted. I did go with the Fury. Um, Fury Instinct, which instead of, uh, which basically just gives you an additional um, ability, uh, a Barbarian ability. So I went with Raging Intimidation. Um, gives me Demoralize and Scare to Death. Gain, would gain the Rage trait. Um, and as soon as I meet the prerequisites for Intimidating Glare and Stare to Death, I gain those feats. I think Scare to Death is a higher level, but Intimidating Glare is level one. And it basically says that if I'm trying to intimidate, I can use my, I can just stare at a creature instead of actually having to speak to it and to intimidate it. So, um, Excellent. so that, I think that's all of the choices that I had. All right. Then, the last thing we need to do, and you can all look at your sheet now. There's a sheet thing we need. We need some gear. Um, and for this, I, I, I don't know. Do you all want to just grab your class kit? And well, I know some of you wanted special weapons, so. Um, <clears throat> I, I can go first. I spent yeah. some time in the gear. Um, sure. So the, the, um. Typically core. when you typically when you core rules you get 15 gold to buy your crap. That's <laughs> what what it is. Yeah, so. and and in the core rules there there's a little suggestion in the equipment area for all the classes to have certain items. So I started with that and I think that was like four javelins an adventure pack um yep. a type of armor kind of like it just kind of gives you a few options that you you uh, might want. Um, so I started with that and uh, and went with um, I think I went, I went with scale mail for armor because I've got an 18 strength nice. so it um, doesn't impose anything. I oh I added a repair kit to help with the um, with the crafting skill to be able to repair uh, weapons and armor and shields I think. Um, and then for primary weapon I took the great pick, um, which has the trait of fatal. Ooh, so so that gets extra dice when I crit on that. Um, and then I grabbed a secondary weapon just in case, because it sounds like we might be dropping these. And uh, I wanted to have a weapon with sweep, so I grabbed a battle axe. Figuring at some point along the way, I picked one of those up. Um, I think that's everything. Um, and it left me with some additional coins of the original 15. Uh, looks like I got about four gold. Cool. Excellent. Uh, we'll roll back around Rick's way. Do you dive into any uh, yeah, gear? I got some gear. Uh, yeah, like Jeff, bought the basic adventurer's pack. Uh, that covers most of your basics for your traveling day. Bought a bandolier to carry all his bombs in. That's basically just a stash that goes across them. Uh, bought some caltrops. Never know those in handy uh a dagger if somebody is close to me hopefully not but you never know they have something got to have something to stab to keep people at bay with uh Gotham will wear leather armor because my strength is only a 10 and anything heavier than that anything more beefy than that's going to impose penalties 
Uh, has a sling with some sling bullets because uh, I am limited with the amount of bombs and stuff I can make. So if I run out, I got to have some some way to keep doing damage. And so the sling sling is the backup plan. Oh yeah, that's about all he's got. Excellent, cool. Tom M. Norman. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm looking through my stuff right now, and I I bought the fighter kit, um, which gives me bedroll, chalk, dagger, flint and steel, grappling hook, uh, a hide. Looks like a hide something or another hide uh, armor. armor, hide armor, which I'm going to ask if I can get rid of that and just upgrade to a like. a. You got 15 gold, so level I mean, one, it's the, yeah. the whole fighters kit is three gold, so you still have 12 to work with. Yeah, everything's going to silver for me. It's not even going gold. Oh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it says 150 silver, yeah. so. So I, I'm going to have to add 15 silver back because I then bought the Adventures pack, but everything in the Adventures pack is the same as the freaking fighter kit. The Adventures pack is inside the fighter's kit. <laughs> yeah, well, so I'm going to have to uh, yeah. add that back. Um, I'm buying, I uh, got the flail. <clears throat> I got uh, shield spikes, which I'm assuming okay. shield spikes is a shield with spikes on it. Yeah, the shield spikes are on the shield. Yeah, so you, you might have a shield. You have to buy the shield separately. The spikes are just... Oh, okay. So you need a shield. Yes. All right. I think there's three different kinds of shield, too. You know, he's got a steel shield in his fighter. Steel shield? Okay. Yep. So. Do I? I do not see it in Yeah, it says a longbow with 20 arrows or a longsword and steel shield. That's not in the kit. That's a recommended weapon. It's an option. Options. Yeah, that's not... I I have to buy that. Oh, yeah. You'd have to buy it, so... Steel shield? What's a long sword versus a let's see, where's the long sword? Long sword is a D eight. But uh cost wise. Long sword's one gold point versus the flail, which is eight silver. Yeah. Uh so you can take two silver back and do for three gold get a or two gold and eight silver get a steel shield and a flail if you want. Yep, and I got the <clears> shield <throat> spikes. I'm going to, so can I get like a steel mail or something or, or is there, what is, what, um, what's above, well, hide. what's above hide? Above hide. hide. What's your, um, keep in, mind, keep in mind your, um, sneaking, sneaky, sneaky. Uh, hide is the lowest level medium armor. Uh, there is scale mail. I was thinking more like studded leather. Chainmail and bre- well, studded leather is a light armor, um, and your bonuses aren't as good. Oh, do you have at least fourteen strength? Yeah, I have eighteen strength. Does yeah. Um, for you, what would you allow a level one character to have as a fighter? Well, anything you can afford, right? Any yeah, anything oh, you yeah. can buy. So if you have, um. Like, honestly, if you wanted to go to, you don't want to go to full plate. <laughs> you, <couldn't afford laughs> you don't have the gold for it anyways. Um, and, um, I, I built a fighter for our main campaign, or at least I've been looking at it. Uh, I'd recommend Chainmail. Chainmail's probably it's what probably you want. Yeah, it's where you want six to gold. Land. It's got a yeah. plus four AC bonus versus plus three. <laughs> Your dex cap the... is plus one. He only has one dex. 
the also it has the noisy trait, which means yeah. you're not going to sleep yep. well. I'm not a sneaker though, so just scroll down, Norm, on your list a little further, and you'll see an icon next to your shield and an icon next to the armor. Yep, that equips it. Click those icons. Yep, you'll see when you do that. Now your shield plus two is next to your AC. They put it next to your AC so that because you that plus two for your shield only affects AC if your shield is raised. If your shield is not raised, that plus two doesn't count. Yep. Makes sense. Um, I mean, if you didn't want the um, if you didn't want the noisy trait, you could take the breastplate. It has basically the same stats, except it's not flexible. Um, no, I, I like I like the the chainmail. Okay. Um, is there anything else that I need? More. Like I have the shield, I have the flail, I have the chainmail, I have my fighter kit. Um, do you have any spare weapons uh, besides if you know if something happens to your flail or if you would need an offhand weapon or something? I have a dagger that came with my fighter kit. Okay. Probably want to have some sort of ranged option. Now your dagger you can throw, I think it's 10 feet, but that's not very long. So you could either pick up a couple of javelins, which give you a 50 foot throw, or a sling, which is a, you know, also a 50 foot range, I believe. I'll have to do that a little after show. Um, yeah, we're going to have some time to dink around with it. I need to adjust my coin. This. Yeah. So yeah, we'll work on getting you set where you need to be set. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, this is a hard one for me too because I'm not really sure on the restrictions aspect of Pathfinder. So that part of it um, was really perplexing to me. As I'm trying to look at available armor for my cleric, it looks like there's basically no options given the fact that my characters, uh, you know, can't really, uh, has what low attunement I would say or whatever to Um, armor. Do you have, you have proficiency in a armor type, right? Um, good question. How would I know that? There's a pull down menu. Um, uh, let's see. On your main screen, it should on the underneath your armor class, it'll say attacks and then defenses. It'll say train unarmored defense. So you aren't trained in any armor. It says unarmored defense. Mm. Oh, Hmm. I mean, I'm a cloistered cleric, not a war priest. Yeah, that might be. Should have. I would think you would have an AC or. well, unarmored, then you don't have a dex cap, but I don't know that you put a lot of uh, points into dex. I did not. Um, hmm. I'm curious, can you wear armor without being trained in it? There, uh, there is a explorer's clothing, which doesn't really do a whole lot unless except for that it can be etched with potency runes which i don't know what those are but uh i imagine later on it makes it would make sense i was wondering why you mentioned your ac so much now i'm understanding i will need to look into this and figure out exactly i mean i have 14 ac which i believe is not ideal but i mean if i were in you know if we were playing 5th edition at 14 AC for a 
14 might not be fighting character would be reasonable but yeah probably not terrible at level one but if it doesn't scale up then yeah all right so we'll have to iron out our uh inventories a little bit here in both uh Ryan and um, Tom before next week. Uh, we'll get those ironed out during the week. Um, I'll see if I can figure out if if there's a way, and maybe it is just 14 is going to be your AC, and you got some spells or something to help augment that. Or I mean, I'm yeah, mine is um, eight, no, 18. I don't know. There's how no cantrip. There's no cantrips that really are going to do that for me. So. Mm. <laughs> and then I only have the two level one spell slots. So <clears throat> I'll have to look into that a little bit more. Yeah. So if we have a couple minutes, can we do like appearance? Yeah, thing? if you, you want wanted, if you would like to roll through. In fact, Jeff, we can start with you. I was the last thing I was going to say is what is your name? And tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah. So we have probably about five minutes yet before we got to. Yep. All right, so everybody gets the one the one minute. What do you look like? Okay, yeah, well, as a, a goblin, uh, he was probably either um, uh, whether naturally or artificially uh, made into kind of the beefiest goblin. He's probably taller than any goblin you've ever seen. Probably taller than most of the short races, uh, and jacked like uh, like you would expect a barbarian. So you would not expect him to be. Um, a goblin when you when you would look at him based on his shape and size um he's not very bright um he doesn't i mean he's got his scale uh scale mail armor on but you can tell that it wasn't necessarily all there uh it has been patched in places with different things he's found along the way tin cans um pieces of structures and whatnot that he's found uh, kind of wearing that. He's probably not wearing much else, so thankfully it hangs um, a little bit lower than his uh, mid point, midline. Um, so uh, yeah, he's uh, um, yeah, that's kind of so tall, beefy, jacked, not very bright, easily distracted. Nice, very nice. Uh, Rick, you want to? Oh, what's your name? What's your name? Um, well, I was, uh, this is probably the hardest thing of all of my choices was coming up with a name. And, uh, I decided to please, go, please uh, tell me it's the name of the character inside the quest. I went with Munch. Yes. <laughs> so he, because he, he can eat whatever he, he probably had a name when he was born and it was not that, but he just got known as Munch and doesn't remember what his birth name probably well. was. I'm looking at your name and I'm looking at Rick's name in the campaign. Oh, absolutely. That <laughs> was is, my motivation. So damn perfect. And that being said, I won't make anyone wait for it. Rick, tell us a little bit about your character. Oh, um, uh, my, my character's name is Chuck. Cause that's what he does. Chuck's bombs. Um, so, uh, he, he's a small diminutive goblin, complete opposite of Munch. Um, and all with the uh, you know little black hair around the side, green green looking guys, but uh, pretty much your basic looking weak goblin. He's no strength and just all intelligence. Like he's all intelligence, no wisdom. So he's he's smart enough to to do a lot of things and to tinker and to build things, but uh, the the street sense is not there. So 
he may take risks at time that don't make a lot of sense because he just doesn't know better. Huh? He doesn't have that street smarts to him. It's just all book smart. Cool. So, so he's asking whether or not he could, not whether or not we should. He should, yeah. yeah. When he's playing around with that, you guys are trying to be quiet and he's fumbling around in his pack, that, that would be him. Ask, ask forgiveness, not permission type. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Tom Norman, what do you got? All right, so <clears throat> my character is kind of a, I would say medium build. He is taller, probably around the 6'1", six, 6'2", six, height, um, scarred, lots of scars, lots of tattoos, tattooed all over his arms, um, shoulders, chest, back. Like, he is a, he's a gladiator. I mean, he fights, and when he's not fighting, he's getting tattooed. Um, so his name is Bilbub Oric Beezer. Or but his friend again, Bilbub Oric Beezer. But his friends call him Bob. Bob, (laughs) Chuck, Munch, and Bob. (laughs) Um, yeah. So he's uh long, what you would picture, kind of that gladiator, longer hair, um, Mohawk style. Uh, not nice. not mullet mohawk, but like his hair is long, but usually tied back ponytail. Uh, Viking looking. Viking yeah, yeah, Viking style. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Viking style. Cool. Cool, cool. And last but not least, one Ryan. There's going to be a name here. Kukta. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really go through the backstory of my character, so I'll try to keep it short and sweet, but... Um, Lady Sylviana Frost is uh, she was the leader of a group called the Sisters of Dark Moon, and uh, she is a ridiculously good looking, um, like fortune teller, basically prophet. Um, and uh, uh, she got into a conflict with some of the other ladies there. Um, that they wanted to keep outsiders out. Um, Lady Silviana wanted to move them uh, into a more like aiding uh, and uh, helping some nearby communities. Um, and it culminated in an event that made her basically an outcast. And we might get into that at some point during the campaign, or we may not. But um, just uh, she's uh, good looking. Um, but you can tell it's like she has trust issues. So okay. she's getting paired up with a couple of goblins and a gladiator. Fun. Uh, you're the only one I think though that is looking to carry your character forward through this into the main campaign. So it could be kind of interesting to see what happens with the rest of these guys. I mean, you get, when you're dealing with explosives, anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah that will do it i'll let tom norman take us out of here um, we will start the beginner box adventure next week a menace under otari nice it's gonna be fun we are fun. two nerds one quest we are here every sunday morning 8 30 a.m central time catch us over at twitch.tv forward slash tom m norm t-o-m-m-n-o-r-m this is released in podcast form on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash tuners one quest, a dollar a month. 
gets you four unedited podcasts with pre and post show content. Uh, the edited podcast comes out on Wednesday mornings. That is free for all. Um, a quick side note, uh, somebody in chat, I don't remember who it was mentioned, uh, that there was an ad during the middle of the show. Uh, that is to kind of help alleviate the cost of this show. Um, if you want to remove ads, you can subscribe to the channel and that removes the ads. So if you don't want ad before the show starts and ad in the middle of the show, I think it's like every hour, but the show is only an hour and a half. And I think it's supposed to go, uh, when you first start watching, I think there's supposed to be an ad, but I'm not sure if you want to remove those ads. I mean, it helps the show, but you know, it doesn't cost you anything to, to sit through a 60 second ad. Um, <clears throat> otherwise you can subscribe and get rid of those. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, let others know that we are here. Let them know that, uh, we are a thing and that you are enjoying it. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying it. Let other people know. That's the biggest thing you could do. Give us ratings, reviews, just get the word out. Um, we would greatly appreciate it and let us know. Join our discord, uh, bit.ly forward slash our fun discord. Let us know how you feel about the show. Uh, talk to us about movies, games, music, whatever. doesn't matter. We'd love to hear from you. That being said, for me, for Rick, for Cooch, for Genius, and for John, we'll catch you next week. Monster Ranger. Monster Ranger.